0: Hello there. I hope that you are as well as possible and uh, that you're feeling hopeful and healthy today. My name is Ryan, and I make music under the name Sleeping At Last, and this is the Sleeping At Last podcast. So today's episode is all about my song, Sun. Sun. S-O-N, not to be confused with my other song, Sun, which is spelled S-U-N, as in that super shiny bright thing in the sky. Today is all about sun, as in a person. Uh, To make things more confusing, both of those songs actually belong to my Atlas series of songs. I know, it's tricky. Uh, And if you are unfamiliar with my Atlas project, uh, here's a quick overview. Atlas is a long-form concept series of songs uh, in, in three parts. So there's Atlas I, Atlas II, and Atlas Three. Atlas I consists of 30 songs inspired by the origins of all things. So uh, I wrote songs around the themes of darkness. And songs around the theme of light. Space, uh, a song for each of the planets within our solar system. Land, which is a song for each of our cardinal directions. And uh, Oceans, a song for each of the Earth's oceans. And water, of course, leads to life. It leads to us. So Atlas Two consists of songs around human development. And that's 25 songs inspired by involuntary human development to be specific. Uh, and that includes the themes of life, Songs for our five basic senses. Songs for the four core emotions. Songs based on intelligence, specifically our intelligence centers. And songs based in personality, specifically nine songs inspired by the nine Enneagram types. Uh, And that brings us to Atlas 3, which is what I'm currently working on and we will be announcing and sharing details as soon as uh, as they're all sorted. But Atlas 3 will be songs inspired by voluntary human development. Uh, So it's what we do with everything that we're given. Uh, So another way to look at the entire Atlas series is Atlas 1 is the past, Atlas 2 is the present, and Atlas 3 will be the future. And I will, of course, dive deeper into the concepts of Atlas in future episodes. Uh, but in a nutshell, that is my Atlas series. And today's song, Sun, is part of the life set of songs in Atlas 2. So uh, it has a sibling song, quite literally, um, which is called Daughter. And I will dive into that song in another episode as well. Uh, but before we jump in and talk about how Sun came together, uh, let's, let's listen to it. So here is Sun.
1: show me who i am and who i could be initiate the heart within me till it opens properly slow down start again from the beginning i can't keep my head spinning out of control is this what being vulnerable feels like and i will try 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 to breathe till it turns to my soul memory i'm only steady on my knees one day i'll stand on my own two feet On the surface. to muscle memory, I feel the pressure in my blood, building up and liberating me, so I will try, try, try to breathe, till it turns to muscle memory, I'm only steady on my From the surface of who I am
0: Sun quickly became one of the most personal songs I had written up to that point, uh, and it did a lot of good in me to write this song. Uh, though it's rare when a song really ever comes together easily, uh, this song felt particularly difficult to pull into focus. Uh, and as I began to write, I, I just couldn't decide what this song should even be about. It, in, in the theme of life, I knew that there would be a son and daughter, and, and I just had no clue how to approach these themes. Uh, I thought maybe for this one, it would be a father-son relationships or masculinity or male initiation traditions. Um, and after I read about those things and researched these concepts in various forms, uh, nothing really felt quite right. It didn't feel like it should be a song really about gender at all. Uh, and so i Eventually, it became clear that this song needed to be about a lot of things. Uh, But mostly, it's a song of gratitude. It's gratitude for the folks in my life who have helped me along my way. Uh, It's about mentorship, and it's about vitality and, and vulnerability. Uh, so after figuring out a general direction to aim at, uh, the first lyric actually came together fairly quickly for this song and, and kind of sums up the approach I ended up taking with the with the entirety um, and, and it postures the, the whole song into a prayer of sorts.
1: Show me who I am and who I could be.
0: Show me who I am and who I could be. Th- those words after weeks on end of, of staring at a blank page or, or a blinking cursor finally created a, a thread in my mind um, that I was able to follow. Uh, so that gratitude for, for different people in my life, uh, mentors that have helped shape me and, and initiate me into who I am up to this point. I found myself really amazed thinking through the, the kindness that it takes to come alongside another person younger than yourself to to offer wisdom and, and your experiences for, for really no other reason other than to help and I received a lot of that throughout my life and it just means the world to me and just find it so beautiful that anyone would take uh, someone under their wing like that and in spite of the risk of being burdened by someone else's baggage and, and brokenness um, so with that in mind I, I wrote these words i oh, yeah. So thinking about the people in my life who've left these fingerprints, these sons, fathers and brothers, these friends, uh, I thought it'd be a a nice way to honor them by subtle but specific nods to each of them in the song. Uh, So I texted them and asked, what are your three favorite words? Uh, So each of them were kind enough to respond. So I gathered up all of those words and uh, made it a rule that at least one from each of them would be woven into the song in some way, uh, which would serve to me personally, whenever I hear the song uh, as a reminder of the, the many, many fingerprints fingerprints that I have been so privileged to receive on my life so far, uh, that have helped me up onto my own two feet. Uh, and this song, Sun, was written well before my Enneagram project began, uh, where, if you remember, I-, I asked for sounds from my nearest and dearest, the people that I know and love, and I layered each of those sounds into uh, an Enneagram song according to their type. And I called those sounds fingerprints. Uh, so that fingerprints concept started here with, uh, with this song, Sun, and-, and the lyrics that just played. Through this magnifying glass, I see a thousand fingerprints on the surfaces of who I am. Uh, And I haven't counted, but I really like the idea that maybe those Enneagram songs uh, have a total of a thousand fingerprints. (laughs) And so that lyric, uh, a thousand fingerprints on the surfaces of who I am, really rings true. I'm pretty sure there's closer to a few hundred, but let's just say that there's a thousand fingerprints. (laughs) But in any case, this, this song is where the concept of fingerprint sounds originated. So I'm going to share just a few of those uh, nods to the the people in my life that have kind of taken me under their wing. Uh, first, the the reference to a magnifying glass in the song uh, that is to honor my friend Bob Goff. Earlier that year, when I was writing this song, I mentioned to Bob that I was feeling uh, really tired and, and less present in my life than I wanted to be feeling. And so he recommended that I carry around a magnifying glass and that each day I study and remember my, my daughter's fingerprints. Uh, and shortly after that conversation, I, I received a magnifying glass in the mail from Bob. And uh, ever since, I've begun a little collection of magnifying glasses uh, that serve as these reminders to look a little closer at the world around me. The next nod is to my dear friend Chris Hewitt, who you may know from, uh, from the Enneagram episodes of this podcast. He is my, my resident Enneagram wizard. So, Chris gave me a Tibetan singing bowl as a gift several years ago. And if you listen closely, you'll hear it being played on on several occasions throughout the song. I also included two of uh, Chris's favorite words uh, that he sent over to me. Uh, the first is gift and hope. And I incorporated those into this lyric.
1: How is gift?
0: There are a bunch of other references. Uh, for Father Richard Rohr, I use the word initiate. For my friend Roger, I use the word risk. Uh, for my friend Mike, I use the word gracefully. Uh, my friend David, I use the word liberate. Uh, and there are several more, not just uh, lyric references to to friends that have been incredibly supportive forces in my life. Um, there are also a few just really tiny secret uh, musical nods to uh, to folks like Dan and and my brother Chad. And so... And as I said, each one of these nods is a reminder to me just of how incredibly lucky I am to have had the the encouragement and kindness from each of these people in my life. So I'm actually going to share a couple stories of people that came alongside me early on in in my career in music. Um, And so when I was just starting out and just starting to write songs, uh, two amazing musicians in town, Doran Stambaugh and and James Scott, who were just a few years my senior, uh, they were in a band around town that I, I greatly admired. And uh, they were kind enough to let me and my, my local band uh, record at their studio and, and produce uh, some of my, my very first attempts at music. And they were just so incredibly patient and caring to these these random teenagers interested in music. Uh, I think I was probably around fifteen years old or so. And Doran, in particular, was so generous with his time talking to me about songwriting and, and all things music. He he introduced me to uh, Nick Drake's music and, and so much more, which made my musical world at that time infinitely bigger. Uh, and he would just ask me questions about the lyrics I was writing at the time, like what what did you mean by those words? And, and it would challenge me to realize that at the time I wasn't really writing about anything. I, I wanted to sound cool. Uh, between thoughtful questions like that and the, the music that he introduced me to, um, it brought me down a road to falling in love with the, the craft of songwriting. Because up until that point, I, I loved music and I loved uh, certain aspects of music, but honestly, I hadn't really cared too much about the craft of, of writing songs. And I believe that Doran was the one who gave me a a book that ended up having a a massive impact in my confidence in writing, uh, and it's called Songwriters on Songwriting by Paul Zolo. And my huge takeaway from that book, which is a collection of really amazing interviews with songwriters uh, like Paul McCartney and Bob Dylan and Joni Mitchell, Leonard Cohen. And the takeaway for me was that each of these incredibly brilliant songwriters had no clue where their songs were coming from or even necessarily how to write them in, in any you know concrete, explainable way. Uh, so reading that at 15 years old was was huge. Uh, and the conversations I was privileged to have with Doran about lyrics in particular um, have always just stayed with me. At, at one point, he challenged me to say as much as I could with as few words as possible, which helped me to not only write better at that time, but um, just to listen better, uh, to hear dimension in the words of songs that I loved. Uh, interpretation is such a huge gift when it comes to music and, and all art. And Doran's Kindness to take me under his wing was, was truly nothing short of a gift, and it left a huge fingerprint on my uh, uh, growth as a songwriter, especially in those early days. And, and still to this day, when I think about lyrics, that's the, the cardinal rule for me, is to try to say as much as I possibly can with as few words. And a year or two later, I, I got to meet and work with one of my musical heroes uh, who left a massive fingerprint on my life of music, uh, Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins. And this story, which is kind of every teenage musician's dream come true, uh, means even more to me now as an adult because I, I I see how incredibly rare of a gift it was to receive. Uh, well, I'll tell the story and then I'll, I'll share what it means to me now. I'm dating myself here, but back in 2000, maybe 2001, the band and I played a show in Chicago at a venue called The Metro. Uh, Side note, a a gentleman by the name of Sean McDonough, who booked bands at the Metro, um, was also another incredibly kind early support of my music in my teenage years. Uh, Just meant the world to me to ever get to play at at such a historic venue. Um, Anyway, we opened up for a band called Kill Hannah, and after playing our set, we we spotted Billy Corgan hanging around backstage, and and my band and I were completely flipping out. Uh, (laughs) I wanted to meet him, um, but was absolutely terrified. Uh, he arrived after we finished playing. So um, the thought of handing him a, a Sleeping At Last CD kind of popped into our heads. And um, as I was debating whether or not it was too obnoxious to to walk up to Billy and, and hand him this uh, unsolicited music from a stranger, we sort of bumped into each other. And, and I nervously said hello, shook his hand and, and mentioned how much I loved his music and, and probably apologized as I gave him a, a demo CD. Um, and he was kind, said thanks and, and kind of went on his way. A couple days went by and uh, I ended up getting a phone call from Billy's assistant who, who said that he would like to have a conversation. And of course, I, I truly couldn't believe it. Um, so I ended up having a conversation and he said that he liked the music and that he already sent it around to a couple labels and, and wondered if we'd like to work together. So obviously complete minds blown. Um, and then fast forward a little time and he came out to hear rehearsal, which was at my parents' house where we rehearsed and where we lived. And, uh, and one of the funniest and surreal memories I have was actually eating Taco Bell with Billy, uh, that day at my parents' kitchen table, while he was kind enough to share advice and wisdom about the music industry. It was super awesome. And uh, he ended up helping us make a couple sets of demos, too, as, uh, as I wrote a handful of new songs. One demo was made in New York and then another in Chicago. And that led to a couple major label showcases out in L.A. and uh, eventually signing a record deal with Interscope Records. Uh, and as a teenager, all of this was truly just absolutely unbelievable. And Billy was kind enough to take me under his wing during those months as well. I offered up invaluable advice on making a career in music, on, on songwriting. Uh, he let me sit in on, on a rehearsal of his, let us open up for a few shows that he was playing, and he was just really generous with his time and and with caring for me on a, on a personal level and and all that was going on in my life at that time. And, and musically, he was really thoughtful to work with. So he would listen to a new song, and rather than give answers, he he asked questions like like which part do you think is the chorus of this song, or or he'd point out you know right there is the is the strongest lyric in that song. Uh, and, and thinking about it now, it probably would have been way easier for him to just give the answers you know do this do that uh, but he was really thoughtful and sensitive to to how personal the songs were to me and i i never felt like i was letting go of my my song baby you know so getting to work with him throughout that time was just this really beautiful gift. Uh, and and now as a, a mostly grown-up person, at least I think I am, uh, I look back at those teenage years of getting to learn from from one of the greatest songwriters of our time, and, and I feel profoundly lucky, blessed, and, and just really grateful. Uh, he gained very little, if anything at all, from being kind to some kids in a local band. And the older I get, the more I think, who does that? Well, Billy, Billy Corgan did. And in retrospect, that, that dream come true situation helped me believe in myself and, and helped me believe that it might be possible to make music for a living. And like my friend that I mentioned earlier, Doran, uh, Billy introduced me to new music. He he encouraged me to keep my tastes in music wide. Uh, he encouraged me to pay attention to records that may not have been in the, in the genre of music that I loved at the time. And he also taught me something that I, I think of often in my writing today. Uh, and that is to remember that anything I write is, is mine and doesn't need to be shared unless I want to share it. And that has done so much good in, in helping diffuse the pressure of writing and, and worrying about what people think about my songs. Uh, and so as I sit down and, and wonder if I even know how to write a song at all, uh, I, I think of that advice. And, and I remember that I don't have to share this with anyone uh, unless unless I want to. And that just gives this really beautiful freedom Anyway, though, those experiences with Billy gave me a huge gift that I will forever cherish and uh, left a deeply meaningful fingerprint on, on my early music-making life. So as I said, this is a song of gratitude. And, and though in the theme of the word son, my, my gratitude here has mostly emphasized the, the dudes that have mentored me in a way, but I do want to make an exception to that rule and say that no one on planet Earth has been as supportive to me and my music uh, as my mom has been. Obviously, she brought me into the world and loved me into who I am, but she created an environment for my brother and I growing up um, where quite literally anything that we were interested in. Uh, she did whatever she possibly could to to nurture those interests for me uh, first it was art and, and drawing and I wanted to get into animation for, for Disney um, then it was uh, I wanted to skateboard for a living and then it was I wanted to play basketball um, and eventually I, I wanted a guitar and, and she gave me one for Christmas when I was 13 uh, and that endlessly supportive environment of freedom is what led to my falling in love with music in the first place uh, and, and she has truly been a, a nonstop force of support and encouragement and wisdom from the very first chord on the guitar that I ever played. Uh, and I'll dive into that in greater detail in future episodes. But for, for countless reasons, my mom has been the unsung hero of Sleeping At Last from the beginning. And uh, for that, I'm so, so grateful. And, and thinking about it, I guess it does sort of apply here. I am her son. So there you go. Well, as I mentioned, Son and my Atlas song Daughter are our siblings. And uh, I had a lot of fun playing off of that idea um, and playing off of one another. Uh, and both songs share an identical length. So Son is four minutes and four seconds long, and my song Daughter is exactly four minutes and four seconds long. Uh, and both songs uh, share a very similar song structure too from uh, from the intro piano arpeggios to, uh, to the overall blueprint I, I kind of thought of the the structures of these songs as as the skeletons of both son and daughter and so with with that anatomy in mind uh, both songs have a, a thread of piano in them which uh, which I like to think of as sort of the the DNA of, of each song uh, but with different primary instrumentations so the French horns the the brass instrumentation here in son uh, I like to think of as like a subtle nod to masculinity, and then the, the violins and cellos strings represent in, in some subtle way the, the femininity of, of daughter. Speaking of brass, uh, I had the incredibly talented Sarah Wilkinson record all of those gorgeous French horns that you hear throughout Sun. She is absolutely amazing. Uh, I love working with her. Uh, so I sent her a, a synth version of my, my little brass arrangement. Um, and a few days later, I, I received this, this gorgeous one-person brass orchestra uh, that just breathes so much life into this song. I just love how it sounds. So another song in my Atlas series uh, that features brass as a primary instrument is a song called Mercury. And for no other reason than just for fun to kind of make a connection point between the two songs, Um, I wrote the lyric, the mercury keeps rising till the glass or my fever breaks in this song as just a little reference to mercury uh, since they share the the commonality of brass.
1: As the mercury keeps rising till the glass or my fever
0: So in addition to that little nod to my song Mercury in those lyrics, um, not only does that lyric mean a lot of different things to me, but it also is another kind of secret reference in the context of this song. Because this song is under the umbrella of the theme of life, uh, I thought it would be interesting to try to reference each of the four primary vital signs into, into the song. That would be heart rate, body temperature, respiration rate, and blood pressure. So uh, there are four different sets of lyrics in this song that, that reference each of those. So here's heart rate.
1: Initiate the heart within me.
0: And body temperature.
1: As the mercury keeps rising to the glass on my fever breaks.
0: Respiration rate.
1: And I will try, try, try to breathe.
0: And blood pressure.
1: I feel the pressure in my blood Building up and liberating me And
0: in addition to those vital sign references, I wanted to include a vocabulary of of physical words throughout the song, uh, sort of anatomy references, uh, again, representing the theme of life here. Uh, So here's a short list of those those physical, uh, anatomy-related words used throughout the lyrics. Head, heart, breathe muscle, knees, feet, run, fingerprints, body, and blood. I don't really know why I get such a kick out of creating these these puzzles and these secrets uh, within the songwriting process, but I really do. Uh, and as I've said probably many times on this podcast, uh, Easter eggs and these like hidden references and these little challenges within writing uh, are actually one of my favorite parts of writing and recording music. I, I find it incredibly fun, if uh, if not you know super challenging at times. So I will highlight a few other tracks in this song that are maybe uh, interesting or or odd. <laughs> the first is a is a drum fill that I recorded with my mouth. It is very strange and kind of scary sounding, um, but I kind of love that it's a, a part of this song. Uh, and, and though I don't think Sleeping at Last songs are necessarily known for, for their beatboxing, um, you might be surprised that I've actually uh, recorded a handful of songs that include subtle beatbox uh, mouth drums. Uh, for this song, though, uh, it is just this tiny, strange uh, and sort of scary drum fill. <laughs> Super weird. Uh, so another uh, couple tracks that I, I really had fun with um, was uh, using my, one of my favorite little musical tools. It's a, it's a little keyboard called the Casio SK-1. It was made in the eighties, sort of as a, a, a toy almost, and you can sample your voice and however you want, and it'll lay it out on the keys. And it's actually something I use quite a bit in a lot of my music. Uh, I just, uh, and one of the ways I use it is to sing a note in falsetto, and then we'll play some sort of melody with it. So this is a, a high and low octave of uh, of that sample. Speaking of falsettos, I, I recorded uh, this pair of falsetto background vocals um, that kind of sing through this this little mini arrangement in the backdrop of Sun. Looking back and, and thinking through the lyrics of this song, it, it actually feels like some of the first steps towards writing my song Nine, which came a couple years later. Uh, it, it feels like a vital piece of that puzzle for me. Um, so this lyric in in Sun feels appropriate. In writing this song, I was just starting to break ground in some of that inner work that I've been slowly trying to do inside myself, which I talked about in length in the episode about how my nine song was written. Uh, so, son, it really is the the scaffolding of that work. I, of course, I will be doing inner work for for the entirety of my life. Uh, at least I should be, but. I am encouraged here just remembering how I felt when I wrote this song and I was, I was tired and, and though it, it certainly wasn't graceful, I was struggling toward a, a better version of myself, um, as I was reaching towards the, the, the gratitude and, and kindness of the people that have helped me. Uh, and here a couple of years later, I just feel a new sense of, of pride in that work. and uh, There's new dimension to, uh, uh, that gratitude that I felt for, for everyone who has helped me up onto my own two feet. Uh, throughout my life. And as I said earlier, uh, this song is a prayer of gratitude, uh, even a, a practice of gratitude. And I hope that it, it serves as, as hope for what the inner scaffolding in each of us could, could one day uh, transform into. So that opening lyric of the song, show me who I am and who I could be. Uh, I think that will be a request that I'll be praying I- until my, my very last day and that's pretty much the birth story uh, of this song Uh, so I'm going to play the the song in entirety and then um, I'll I'll close things out afterwards Uh, but it is such a joy to get to share what, what these songs mean to me
1: show me who I am and who I could be initiate heart within me, till it opens properly. Slow down, start again from the beginning. I can't keep my head from spinning out of control. Is this what being vulnerable feels like? And I will try, try, try to breathe turns to my soul memory I'm only steady on my knees one day stand on my own two feet On the surface. A fever break. do oh.
0: Truly, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to me that you guys are curious about how these songs get made and I get to share uh, the stories behind them. And uh, I- I'm so looking forward to making more episodes. Uh, there's a lot more coming up, uh, including uh, an overview episode of my Enneagram project with my, my dear friend Chris Hewitts, as well as more song birth stories and uh, uh, some new music that I'm so excited to introduce you to. So lots more stuff is coming up that I get to share with you, and I am just truly grateful. Also, I wanted to tell you that um, the, the first volume of my Astronomy series, uh, which are songs inspired by astronomical events, will be releasing on May 1st. So the, the collection of those songs that have released are coming out on May 1st everywhere that music is. I so hope that the rest of your day is as wonderful as possible and that you are staying safe and healthy and hopeful.